All right, Brother Brian, come take your liberty. such a sweet, sweet presence in the Lord in this place today. And so I want to thank Julia and, and Katie for leading us in the time of worship. And I want to thank, first off, you guys' pastor, Brother James Reese, for giving me this opportunity and trusting me to bring this this lovely, lovely congregation the Word of God here today. Um, I don't want to take too much time, so let's go quickly into the Word of God. I'm gonna We're going to open up with... Uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 13. And there's also a second verse, but you don't have to turn to that one. I can I can read from there. Uh, the second verse is Mark 13, 13. But our, our emphasis is going to be on Matthew, chapter 24, verse 13. That is going to be our opening text and the word and where we're going to be preaching from this morning. You guys are already there. I'm slacking right now. All right, so if we all have the, we're all ready to go. Uh, the word of God says the following in the name of Jesus. It says, but he that shall endure unto, unto the end, the same shall be saved. And then Mark 13, 13 in the Amplified Version says, you will be hated by everyone because of your association with my name. But the one who patiently perseveres, empowered by the Holy Ghost and endures to the end, he will be saved. So let's go before the presence of the Lord one more time and ask him for guidance and direction here today. And that he have his way and that he be the one that speaks to us this morning. Lord Jesus, this wonderful morning, God, we thank you, Lord, for this privilege and this opportunity that you give us, God. Here today, Lord, to assemble in your house, so Lord, your presence is already here, God. It is evident that you are here amongst us. Your word says, where there are two or three gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them, Lord. So today, God, I pray, Lord, that you take control. I step aside, Lord, and I allow you, Lord, to, to speak to us today, Lord. Anoint my lips, anoint my heart, anoint my mind, and open our hearts that we be, oh Lord, willing to receive your word today. And let it land, oh Lord, in fruitful land. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I know usually most Sunday mornings we're accustomed to having a Bible study, but today I'm just going to preach to you the word and what God laid in my heart. All right. So Matthew 24 begins with Jesus and the disciples sitting at the peak of Mount, Mount of the Olives or around that area. And Jesus providing the disciples with the answer to the question or set of questions that they had, which were, when shall these things be the signs of his coming? And the end of the world were the questions that they asked Jesus at the Mount of Olives. And so Jesus tells the disciples, be careful that no one deceives you, which was verse 4 of Matthew chapter 24. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and many will be deceived. For the first 280 years of church history, Christianity was banned by the Roman Empire and our brethren suffered terrible persecution. But this later changed for a short period of time when the Roman Emperor Constantine, uh, he uh, testified that he converted to Christianity and received a divine revelation of a cross before going into battle, proclaiming that God had confirmed to him that he was with them and that he would be victorious in the battle. 
Constantine provided religious tolerance with the Edict of Milan in 13-13 AD, lifting the ban from Christianity. So long story short, Constantine still refused to fully embrace the Christian faith and continued many of his pagan traditions and beliefs. The church that he prompted, that he promoted progressively became a mixture of true Christianity and Roman paganism. Thus, with the establishment of his church, Constantine's church, with it came the, the falling away of many of the Christian faith. Many of the brethren, including some of those who had not established, who had not established a firm relationship with Jesus. Now, if we look at our present day, just as the times, just as it was in the times of the first century church, we've had many proclaim, we have many come proclaiming that they are God or that they are the Christ. I remember being 10 years old and I was sitting in the living room with my parents and we were watching the news and all of a sudden in the news, there was a, a man named Jesus was interviewed randomly one day in which he testified that he was, he began reading the Bible for the first time. And so in his ignorance, after seeing his name in the Bible, he believed that he, he very strongly believed that he was the Christ. And I remember then the fear striking me that very instant because of the spur in the moment, I really believed that this man was the Antichrist. And so now how many would say that they too were afraid when stuff like this was, was said or heard of the great return of the Lord for his people? Am I the only one that got afraid when stuff like that happened? <laughs> okay. So there I was, little Brian, just sat there motionless thinking, oh no, Jesus came back. He took his church up into the heavens. We were left behind. We are seeing the Antichrist. The great tribulation has started. When in reality, it was just a random man deceiving himself and many. But although many did believe that this man, Jesus, was the Christ. And thus, it led to many actually believing him and following him. And so many false prophets appeared during the times of the apostles and the early church. In our present day, many false prophets and teachers have also risen and appeared. And there are many, many false prophets. And so these, these so-called preachers have deceived many people, not just by stealing their money, especially in the time that we're in with these mega prosperity churches, but have been misleading many, if not thousands, and showing them the path to hell rather than showing them the path to heaven. I have witnessed many families in the church fall away from the faith, mighty men and women of valor who God was using mightily for his kingdom, men who, when they preached, God would back them up with an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Families who were grounded in the church all of a sudden, one day packed up their things and left the church. Young men and women grown up, grown up in church, but as soon as they left for college, they did not come back. I was one of those young men that upon graduating high school, I left for college, but eventually would go on to not come back anytime soon after that. A brother of ours that was very dearly, a very beloved brother of ours from you know, back in my hometown church, after making the decision that he wanted to marry, but his problem was that he wanted to marry a woman that was already married. And so he left the church because he was certain that this was what he needed to do and went forward with his decision. God stopped him in his tracks and this brother never made it to fulfill that decision which he had determined to make. 
But the sad thing about this case scenario, instead of returning home, the church, he went on and joined a different religion. A brother that knew the scriptures very well, that God used mightily in preaching and faithful unto the Lord, having a powerful calling of the Lord upon his life, was deceived by Satan and turned to the false prophets. Church, I've only, I'm only, I've only talked about verse 4 and verse 11. And but, but what I want to boldly remind us today is that we are living in perilous and dangerous times. And why speak it gently and softly? We are living in the end times and living for God is at its hardest it's ever been. Many are falling dead just as the children of Israel fell dead and short of the promised land in the wilderness as Moses guided and led them. Many have, we have many backslidden friends, family, and as sad as it is to say, even those who have preached in our churches. Churches have been left without laborers and ministers because they could not finish the race. Life got too difficult or simply gave up. Sister Reed, which is one of our instructors and teachers over at ABI, or as we call her, the student body's mom. Last year, our spring semester during our Vessels of Honor class, Vessels of Honor class uh, with tears and a burden laid upon her heart. I remember her telling us how sick and tired of the enemy she was, the devil, knocking out her classmates, families, and including ministers. Today I come in the name of Jesus to tell you to just keep going. It's not easy living for God some days. I know it's hard to want to, to come to church some days. I know that I know that many of us are the only ones in church, maybe in our families. I know our family members are lost and it discourages us sometimes. The enemy making us believe that maybe God isn't listening to us or hearing our desperate cry to him, calling out for mercy and praying he changes our family's course. I know you're tired. I know that maybe you believe that you can't do it, this living for God thing. You can't do it. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you feel bound. Maybe you're getting ready to throw, in away, throw everything away and call it quits. My beloved brothers and sisters, don't stop now. Stay the course. Stay in the church. Stay faithful unto the Lord. And let me tell you why. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. That's Hebrews 10, 37. Soon the trump will sound. The dead in Christ shall rise. And we will rise first. Oh, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we that remain shall be changed and taken up into the clouds. Streets of gold he has promised you and I. A faraway mansion when we shall dwell with him forever. A place where there will be no more sorrow, no more pain. Every tear shall be wiped away. All the hurt, all depression, all every sickness will exist no more. A seat to be seated next to him on his throne. Our sins have been washed with the precious blood of the Lamb. He forgives your sins and my sins. His infallible word and promise to us is that he's coming back. Your family that you don't see in church will be saved. Your prayers will be answered. The suffering you've endured will be worth it. He will deliver you. He will heal you. He will restore you. He loves you and he wants to save you for the time of the hour, also known as the time of great tribulation that will come to this sinful world. Just keep going, church, and stay the course. Stay the course and just keep going. Wars and rumors of war Nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom. We constantly hear this country is going to war against this other country. Russia bombed Ukraine. Ukraine recovered this territory, region of its country. Chinese drones were spotted above the U.S. US's daily surveillance route. Shootings happened here, another one there. Riots here, riots there. 
famines, diseases, viruses, and earthquakes in different parts of the world are happening yet with more frequency and potency. Reporters and world leaders believe and have been in talks of a famine making its way to us in the United States. Will it be provoked? Man-made famine or will it be a natural famine sent by God to judge this wicked and corrupt world? How will we respond to this famine if there is one? Will we trust God or will we break and flee at the time of testing? When COVID-19 hit, hit this nation at the beginning of the March 2019, we saw the horrifying death toll and the effects of this terrible virus. How rapidly it spread across not just this nation, but the entire world. Many lost their lives, including some of our beloved brethren, and some of us, even family members, co-workers, or even close friends. My family and I lost a, a dearly beloved uncle to COVID-19. Churches closed down and we were not able to come together with our brethren to worship God. The faith of many was quenched during this time and many even doubted if there was a God after allowing the pandemic to wipe out families. But the saddest thing of all is many churches closed down only to never open up again and many gave up on their faith with God. The suicide rate rose and many people unfortunately took their lives. The suicide toll is still on the rise, but now the pressure of the world and the ministry, many pastors, leaders, friends have taken their own lives and many couldn't go on and finish the, ra the race. Division amongst families, division within the church and the body of Christ, many exposing their brethren, their families, and even betrayal and hate amongst family and friends. And if I may be transparent and honest, I know this is a little... A little too transparent but that's okay my hometown church started strong and on fire but with the course of time and the transition to a new campus there was a change but not it was not a change for the good but it was a change for the worst many souls have left the church many families have left over the course of the last decade the brethren have had a difficult time getting along there is division and a little leavening has leavened the entire congregation the, the services are cold. The presence of God is, is almost non-existent. The leaders don't know what to do anymore. And Matthew 24, 12 gives us a clear answer why these things have been happening. And because, of iniquity, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. Or in other words, the love of many will completely fade away. It frustrates me. Like, how can we not love one another? Why are we contentious? Why are we letting the brethren go to hell or even the people of this world? Why are we allowing them to go to hell? Jesus said the love of many would wax cold, but this should not be happening in the church, the body of Christ. And don't get me wrong. I don't blame you for getting discouraged some days or wanting to even give up or not, not even seek the face of God anymore. It is situations like these that have quenched the faith of many and many have quit their walk with God. But Jesus said all these things were bound to happen and have to happen before his return. Second Timothy chapter three, verse one through five. I'll read in the Amplified Version. It says of, of our end times, but understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear for people will be lovers of self, narcissistic, self-focused, lovers of money, impelled by greed boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, profane, 
and they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, calloused and inhumane, unreconcilable, malicious. They will be gossipers, devoid of self-control. In other words, intemperate, immoral. They will be brutal and they will be haters of good. They will be traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God. In verse 5, holding to a form of outward godliness or in other words, a form of religiosity, although they have denied its power for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith, avoid such people and keep far away from them. He that perseveres to the end shall be saved. He that endures the race and stays the course will finish, will receive the crown of righteousness by our precious Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, back in January, we had our breakthrough conference at ABI, and one of our night services, our brother Tim Zuniga preached about the church, and he gave his testimony about his experience with the church and his, his experience with God. What, and what really connected with me in my spirit and when, was when he said, it was the church where I felt at home. The church is where I changed the church is my family. This doctrine works and it still works. Those who are here with us today, let me remind you, we as a church are a family. A family looks after one another. Just as a mother and father looks after their own children, the church looks after you and looks after I. A family encourages one another. A family stands for one another. A family picks up the fallen members up from the ground when we have fallen, a family loves one another unconditionally with flaws and without flaws. Jesus and the church are the reason I persevered and the reason I came back and was able to stay grounded in my walk with God. Jesus and the church are my drive. Jesus and the church are my strength. Jesus and the church are the reason we sacrifice sleep, time, and tears so that hearts of the lost shall be pricked and the souls are saved. Jesus and the church are the reason we are willing to spend ourselves and serve one another to see each other succeed and that we will all make it to heaven. I'm not willing to let anyone fall, stay fallen, backslide, give up, or go to hell. I'm not willing to risk contention if it means one of my brothers and sisters will be at the risk of quitting, giving up, or leaving Jesus because of our personal actions and conduct. Jesus warned us in Matthew 24, verse 21, for then there will be a great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. And that tribulation and great tribulation is mentioned and described in, the fi in finite detail in the book of Revelation chapter 6, in chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 15. Judg judgments will come upon the earth where peace will be stripped from the earth. The famines will be intense and many won't be able to afford to buy their essential needs in these times. Death will be given authority to kill with famine, with sword, with pestilence, and the wild beasts of the earth will kill the humanity. Revelation 8, a set of judgment, judgments known as the trumpets, seven of them begin, each one of the judgments becoming greater in intensity. Hail and fire mixed with blood will be thrown from the heavens unto the earth, and a third of the earth's vegetation will be consumed by the fire. The sea will become blood, 
and there will be no water, no clean water source for humanity to drink from. The water will become bitter, leading up to a great thirst across the face of the earth. A third of the stars, sun and moon will be struck, thus leading to a third of the day being in complete darkness. Musicians can come at this time. A bottomless pit will be opened up, opening the abyss from where will shoot forth locusts given with power of scorpions to harm those who do not have the seal of God. These scorpions will be more likely demons loose to afflict this sinful world. These are only a few of the lighter judgments, if I may say, that will come upon them who will live in iniquity and sin and who never refuse to repent and accept God. And all I say today is escape for your life and don't stay behind. I'm tired of seeing the fallen not get picked up. I'm tired of Satan oppressing and afflicting my brothers and sisters. I'm tired of seeing families backsliding and turning their backs on God. I'm tired of people taking their lives because of the pressures and worries of sin. Don't quit. Don't stop now. Don't look back. Just keep going. Just keep going. Stay the course. Keep pressing. Keep seeking. We come to part to say, God, I'm done. I quit, Lord. I can't do this anymore. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. He will come back for his church, and he will take us home. And so right now, I feel pressed in my spirit very strongly to say and proclaim this in the name of Jesus. I declare this in faith that the prodigals will return. The fa my family will be saved. Your family will be saved. We will make it to the end. Just keep going a little longer. Soon we'll be lifted up into the heavens together. Soon we'll be praising and dancing in the presence of the Lord. Soon we'll be given that crown of righteousness. Soon we'll be seated at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Soon the church will see her beloved Jesus. Hold on just a little longer and stay the course. Don't quit. Don't stop now. We still... We still got a long ways to cover. He's coming back soon. There are many souls to be reached. This city of Shorewood, Pastor James Reese is here. And you guys are here for a reason. There's a city to be reached. There are many souls out there that are hurting, that are bound, that are sick, that need healing. They're maybe suicidal and they don't know where to go. But this church here is a light. And you are that reason. You are here. You've been planted here for that reason so that those souls come here running and know, okay, these people are here. These people love me. These people care for me. These people are my family. These people want me to get to heaven. This is the place I need to be. This is where Jesus can restore me. This is where Jesus can free me from my, my bounds, from my afflictions, from these chains that heavily hold me down. So just keep pressing forward and don't give up. The course may seem difficult at the moment. Maybe you're going through a situation right now where you just don't know what to do. Like Brother Corey here was saying earlier, he's like, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I and I can back them up. This summer, we've we've had our school year. The school year ended, and I felt there's been times throughout the summer where I felt dry. And I, I would tell God, God, I can't feel you. God, where are you? God, I thought you were supposed to be with me, but where are you, God? I can't feel you. I can't feel your presence. I haven't felt you in months and weeks. But let me tell you that the, the more you keep seeking, the more you keep pressing, he is there. 
Sometimes he has to take you through a dry season just to see if you'll stay faithful and you'll still finish the course. Well, let me tell you that God has not abandoned you. God has not forsaken you. God is still there calling you and saying, my son, my daughter, I am here. Just come near to me. I will give you my spirit. I will pour more into you. Just come to me. I'm here with arms wide open. And this altar is open as I wrap up. This is the time to go to the presence of the Lord. If there's a need, Jesus is here. Just come right into the altar. Or wherever you are, just raise up your hands into the heavens. He hears you. He, he listens to you. Jesus. Jesus.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for your word. It's a beautiful message about staying the course. All right. It brought back to my mind, and it's probably because this is what I've been thinking about recently, about loving God for who he is, not just because of what he does. And like Brother Brian mentions, he was wrapping it up. You know, across the summer, he was praying, God, I haven't felt you for a while. Had his relationship with God been simply tied to a feeling? Or had his relationship to God simply been tied to what God does for him? That would have shook his faith and brought some separation. But we have to keep our faith established and rooted in loving God because of who he is and not simply because of what he does for us. Because we can look at that in the broader picture and understand that even though I don't feel God in this moment, even though for whatever reason I'm feeling separated from him, that doesn't change who he is. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for bringing us together this morning. God, I pray that you have your hand upon us as we go into the remainder of our week. God, we thank you for who you are. God, you're so good. God, you're so glorious. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we don't ever want to take it for granted.